Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods. From Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. That's the USC site over on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football, at least for the rest of this weekend. Yes, it's the (laughs) final weekend of the regular season of Pac-12 football play. We got to preview it. We have to. We're not on on YouTube. No. Uh, We're both traveling. I guess David's back. I'm at home. But he was was in Hawaii, one of his many, many vacations that he takes all the time. I'm a worker. I don't like to go places. I just stay at home and grind. David just goes to Hawaii all the time. I worked every day I was in Hawaii. Every day single day every day watching basketball games i mean it's not the worst thing in the world but it is no i'm i'm in western pennsylvania uh i was outside my childhood home till i was 11 years old a little bit earlier today so aunts uncles cousins a lot of relatives here my parents came in from massachusetts so that's where i spent my thanksgiving hope everyone had a wonderful thanksgiving david i hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I hope everyone out there also had wonderful Thanksgivings. What do you give thanks for, Ryan, here on this show? One, I mean, the number one thing, obviously, is your glorious beard. That's what I am most thankful for. Uh, without your beard, we don't have a podcast. So, so true. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, no, my health, uh, the family, for sure. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for the 75% off sale that 24-7 Sports is doing right now. If you're yeah. a member or not a member of any of the sites, you should jump on that right away for Black Friday. Uh, yeah. I'm not a super Black Friday guy. 
Um, no, I'm only a Black Friday guy when it comes to buying subscriptions to 247 Sports. Yeah. Uh, as as Ryan just said, get in there. If you are not currently a subscriber to one of these sites, or even if you are and you want to have a double name uh, and you want to sign up with a different credit card and have a different username and just reply to yourself over and over again on the message boards, as I've seen at least a handful of crazy people do over the years, get in there. Get in there right now. Uh, your uh, This is the best deal that any of the 247 sites offer, 75% off. That's a little under 27 bucks for a full year of all the inside, you know, info and analysis, but also access to those delightful message boards with all of your uh, crazy uh, fan compatriots. Uh, it's it's a great opportunity to kind of dip your toe in, but like your full foot, because you get a full year for, I don't know, what's 25 bucks these days? 27 bucks. That's like a burger, right? Like you get a, like a you know, burger, like fries a and a milkshake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on. Come on, get in there. The water's nice. You got, a whole, you got a whole year, which is great. And then when you're done, if you love it, you've spent a year knowing all about your team. Uh, once you go to like the regular price, it's almost like free because you get Paramount Plus for free after that. So the whole streaming, it's like a whole streaming channel with all those cool shows. So it's, it is a really good deal. So hopefully it's, you guys can all, take. It's almost like we're giving you money to do it, really. Fundamentally, that's how it works. Don't do the Appreciate math. What, what are you thankful for, David? Um, our lovely listeners. Every last one of them. Yep. Uh, there are four of them. Um, and they listen so frequently. Like, it's amazing to me that our numbers say many thousands of people listen because you and I both know there's only four. And so that means that there is a person out there who listens to the show several thousand times every week. Uh, yeah. And that's just... You know, that blows you away. So uh, to you four out there, uh, very much thankful for you and everything you bring we, to the show. It is awesome. Um, yeah, that's great. And I appreciate everyone. Sorry we can't do YouTube uh, this week. And hopefully you guys liked my solo show that I told you David wouldn't listen to, and he did not. Um, I so. listened to it the first few minutes. That was good. Someone right. asked about your, your LSAT score. Somebody asked about my LSAT score. Yeah, so my my brother shared that with me because my brother listened to the show. Um, so was that a question in the email? That was an email. I'm I'm looking for it right now. I can't seem to find it, but oh, I found it. All right, legal affairs from Bob. Since we're on the topic of legal issues in the Pac-12, I vaguely remember Dave saying that he took the LSAT in the past. Just wondering, what did you score on it, and what year was it? Bob, the year was uh, 2006. It was the December, I think, 2nd LSAT. might have been December 1st. I can't remember which date it was. Whatever date it was, it was the same day as UCLA beating USC 13-9. And I missed the first half of 13-9 to go take the LSAT. Uh, And then as I got in my car, uh, I had the decision from Southwestern Law School to either go up to the Rose Bowl uh, which would take a while to park and do the whole thing, get into the stadium to watch probably the last quarter or go way back to Westwood, which wouldn't take as long to watch the entire second half and portending my future as somebody who has prioritized TV viewing over being there in person. I went back to Westwood. 
uh, watched the entire second half. It was glorious, and uh, we were we were banging pots and pans in the streets afterwards. Uh, broke my spatula, which was uh, the equivalent of burning down my kitchen uh, for a college student. Um, and what did I? Sc- I scored a 172, a 172 uh, on that. Good or is that bad? Is that great? Is it? That's pretty good. It's a. Uh, it's 99th percentile. Um, oh, well, that, okay, that's pretty good then. Yes. Yeah, it was. So to teach the. What LSAT, are you doing with your law? De- what are you doing with the law degree now that you got? What was what's your uh, <laughs> you know? So with that LSAT score, I then taught. Uh, I, I tutored uh, the LSAT for a while, um, and for that company, I believe the minimum score was a 170. Um, you needed to be like 98th percentile or higher. So that was the uh, that was the impetus. Wait, you you were above that. So what would that would get you? I'm sorry, that was. Sorry, what? Oh, what did you need for the 98th percentile? What did you have to get for that? Uh, 170. And I was. What would that? Right, but what was what was the requirement of 170? Who said that was the requirement? Or what, oh, the company. To, so the company to teach the LSAT, you needed to. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You had no. You didn't want to go to law school. Well, I did for a while, and then um, I re—I I learned uh, soon after uh, getting my LSAT score. Because so first, I took the LSAT on kind of a lark, like I didn't—I was just like, oh, you know, I do pretty well on standardized tests. Let me check this thing out. Crazy person behavior. Um, and then I got—I did pretty well on it. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll go to law school. And then I realized that you actually had to have a good GPA too. Like it was a, sort of a, a you know a bit of a formula. Um, and my GPA at the time was, uh, well, that was, that was the quarter where I got a letter saying I was subject to dismissal. So I think that was the quarter where I had a, like a 1.0, um, which brought my overall GPA down to somewhere in the 2.3s, I think 2.47, I think was the low point. Wow. Yeah. 2.47. 247 that's like uh yeah no it was a nice little uh you know uh, it again it was a nice little portend portending of uh of the future it's awesome like i don't know like obviously you're good at standardized testing like i'm pretty naturally good at stuff but stuff sometimes you don't care about and you could just do it the people that would be like their their parents were lawyers their grandparents were lawyers their whole lives they wanted to go to law school and they just couldn't they studied. They were tutored. Oh, in and the they LSAT. just ate shit on the LSAT. And yeah. they, they, the biggest shit burger ever. Yeah. And you, like, you show up hungover, and we're like, okay, yeah, for fifty bucks, I'll go take the LSAT. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll see what and, I do. Oh, ninety-eight percentile. Oh, yeah. But, this isn't. Like, this isn't. They this would isn't, be so pissed at you. I'm not bragging because it's it, it's a ridiculous thing to brag about. And also, again, I got a 2.47 as a history major uh, through through four years as a, uh, a GPA. I literally looked at like three logic games from a practice book and was like, oh, okay, I've done these before. And that was the entirety of my prep for the LSAT. I did that the night before. I looked at three of them and was like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, and I had like friends who were paying, I'm not kidding, literally thousands of dollars to prepare for the test that I basically took with that you aced that I took with like half an hour of preparation. It was cool. It was a fun time. Hungover, perfect. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, they they must have cursed you. Like I can't believe. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of that, a little bit of, you know, there was, yeah, you know, it was fun. It was a good time. College was fun. Um, I don't know if this is legal or not, but could you take the test for somebody? Like, I don't know. No, you can't do that. There there have been some scandals with people doing that. You're also not supposed to take the test. Like, there's like an ethical component where you are not supposed to take the test just for taking the test purposes. You are supposed to take it only if you have the intention of going to law school. Um, and so technically, I think I didn't, but then I did. So it worked out. But um but then I didn't again. So you're supposed to take it to ace it, and then you could teach it, even though you don't want to go to law school. Right. Right. That's right. What you did. Okay. Yeah, I took it. I took it to tutor. <laughs> ah, fun times. All right. Well, we got to talk about uh, Pac-12 football, right, on this show. So we're remote. We don't have any sound effects or anything. We do need to preview. I don't know if there's any kind of newsy stuff. It was uh, Thanksgiving. So I don't think anything really happened. I kind of went and over John a lot of newsy stuff. John Smith came out with a really interesting statement to John Canzano. Did you talk about that already? I did not. What was the, what was the statement? So he was just, he was very kind of frank and basically saying, you know, my agent has a job to do. He wouldn't be doing his job if he's not seeing what's out there for me. You know, I pay him a good portion of my contract, so he better be doing some stuff. Uh, but it was a... Not only not a no, it was a yes, obviously, I'm looking at other stuff. Um, and then his AD, Scott Barnes, came out and said, well, you know, we're doing our best and we're, we're working with Jonathan on all this stuff. And, you know, uh, essentially, we're, we're doing everything we can. Um, but that one seems interesting. Um, and then Jed Fish's name is also getting talked about with a lot of open jobs, including Texas A&M. So a lot of interesting things going about with uh, two of the hot commodities in the Pac-12 coaching ranks. They talk about the Pac-2 a little bit with like the lawsuit and like Wilner had done some reporting. I, I don't know. I, I kind of glanced over it, but it sounds like if they do this um, Mountain West schedule agreement that the, the two rivalry games, it seemed, I think one was a little further along than the other, but I think they call it like the Crosstown Showdown and the Territorial Cup up there for Washington, Oregon. I believe that's the names, but the, um, it sounded like those were getting close to being finalized uh, or they could keep those going. So I think there was some animosity initially. I don't know if you'd seen anything new from that, David, but it sounded like I'd kind of talked about it a little bit, but it, you know, it, it wasn't final, but it seemed like it was getting there. Yeah. I haven't seen anything new. So um, yeah, kind of the same deal. So that's Oregon, Oregon state, which is territorial. And this is, Washington. I think, I, I want to say that's the Territorial Cup, and then Washington is that that one's big game. It's just it. Oh, big game with no the yeah, not the Crosstown right. Showdown is I think Utah and Colorado, which you know, <laughs> yes, 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 the Crosstown rivalry uh, between Utah and Colorado. Remember, it's the Apple Cup with Arizona, Arizona State. Because there we go, a right, right. lot of lot of apple trees in the desert, and uh, yeah. That's and then the Civil War between uh, between Cal and Stanford. Yes, which famously. actually kind of kind of works. Yeah, famously, the Civil War. Um, my niece was in the stare down. You know the weird stare down the Cal Cal people do with the Stanford people. Oh yes, yeah, she was in the stare down. Uh, that's like one of the weirdest nerdy things. Super ever. super weird, yeah. super insular, weird Bay Area genius schools. Um, okay. Well, there's that. Do we have any other breaking news? 
Any other news of any kind? Um, I had like my favorite childhood donut earlier. Oh, okay. This place called Orem's in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Famous. It's only local. They don't even open on Sundays, which is weird. But uh, it's basically like, you know, if you go to like Voodoo Donuts or some sidecar donuts, like the fancy donut places, they're like six bucks a donut. Like it's insane. Like these are a buck fifty. It's like, um, you know, like the custard filling or cream filling donuts. And, if you know, if you spackle a wall, like the, the kind of uh, tool you use to, like, spackle, that's what they put, like, buttercream icing on top of the donut with. So it's very me. It's very um, sweet and over the top, and uh, I love them. So I'm, I got some extras. I'm freezing them and bringing them with me. So it's great. Nice. Awesome. And Bill Orem, so I, former, he's a columnist up in Oregon, Bill Orem. He's like a rival of John Kazan up there, but he used to be in LA. I knew him like, uh, he'd come to the Lakers and stuff. And he texted me. He's like, I saw, he saw my Instagram story. He's like, I've always wanted to go. Uh, cause it's his last name, but, uh, so I might try to get him a t-shirt or something. That's very sweet of you. A very, very breaking news. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Um, I don't know. Should we preview some games? Let's preview some freaking games. We got a game coming up, uh, this evening. Yeah, this, uh, I'm going to be at medieval times. But uh, I will be paying attention to this. Why will I be nice. at medieval times? Who knows? But I will be there. Is this with your kids or is this with uh, friends? Or um, My cousin is celebrating her 27th birthday at medieval times. So yeah, I will be taking. Children. Yeah, it's beautiful. I will be taking my children, yes. You will take your children. Very nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we don't have the soundboard. But I would say we're gonna the games are gonna start this Friday night. Uh, we have number sixteen, Oregon State. Beavers though. Oregon State. Oh, Beavers. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm I'm gonna get it. Do you want me? I'll do the I'll do the the school and you do the sound effect. How about that? Okay, that's good. And we have when we have number six, Oregon Ducks. Quack 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 quack. Quack, quack. Uh, this is 5.30 p.m. on Big Fox, number 16 at number 6. Um, wait, I didn't even put the spreads in here. What am I doing? Ryan, what am I, I doing? Pick, I don't know. Dude, I am operating at such a level right now. It's uh, it's truly, um, I don't know if impressive is the word. Is impressive the word? You had a bad picking week last week. After 5-1, five 5-1, and one, five and one, you went 2-4. Yeah, four. I think I'm rattled. I've been steady three and three, three, yeah. three, kind of bad, right. but, uh, but I did beat you last week. So that was nice. That is true. Oregon is a 14 point home favorite over your Oregon state beavers. Um, this is a tricky one for me. Um, Oregon yeah, state's obviously a good team. Um, maybe not quite risen to the heights of uh, what some might have thought they were, but a good team. Uh, they did beat Oregon last year, but that was uh, in Corvallis, if we remember. Do we remember? Yeah, Do you remember? They threw the ball a lot, right? Like they just decided to go pass happy in that game? Was that? Yeah, successfully, successfully threw it a ton. Um, so but then they, they, they stopped and they were just like, cause they were up a big, they just said, we'll go run it 19 straight times. I figured the game was over at that point. It wasn't, they, they weren't still executing away. a massive comeback at that point. Right. 
right? That could not possibly have been the case. Um, lost to Washington last week. Very neck and neck game. Very close. Um, we both got that one right. Uh, but lost to Washington last week. Um, 14 points feels like a lot, but Oregon's also been a buzzsaw at home. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, so Oregon, all right. So what they've done lately is uh, they beat the hell out of Arizona state. They beat the hell out of Cal. They beat, but not beat the hell out of USC. Um, Who have they played close with? Washington state, sort of. USC, sort of. Washington, they lost to. Um, Give me Oregon State. It's just too many points. I'm kind of with you, but I'm wondering if I should go against you. Here's the thing. is like, like who's Oregon? We so I had a question last week. Like, what was Oregon's signature win? You know, like, oh, you beat Utah. Like, they beat the crap out of Utah in Utah. I thought their signature um, win was losing by three to Washington. It's the kind of that's all we kind of talk about is that, you know, like they beat USC, who's seven and five, you know, um, Utah's looked OK at times, but then sometimes they look like crap. I feel like when Oregon gets teams and you give credit to Oregon for this, but like they've made the teams that sort of can look like crap or play pretty good. They look like crap against Oregon, like Colorado yeah. looked like crap. Arizona State looked like crap. Utah looked like absolute freaking dog shit. So you have to give credit to Oregon for that. But I think some of it, too, is like, well, I don't I'm not sure exactly what's going on. We just haven't seen this Oregon team beat like a great team. Um, You know, they just haven't had I mean, Utah could have been good. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go with the Ducks here. I feel like revenge is on their mind. I don't I'm not going to catch you, but I don't mind going against you if it's sort of like a am not really sure. And I could kind of go either way. Yeah, I mean, it's all defensible. And Oregon's been mostly blowing teams out. I just think Oregon State probably more in the category of, you know, quality teams, which are, I don't know, some variation of Washington, Utah and USC. And the only one they really smoked was Utah. Um, I don't know. I, I could go either way. This one, you know, like if I'm betting this, I would almost go. Oregon's either going to like blow them out or I'm going to take Oregon State money line because they're a 14 point dog. Like, I feel like if it's close, Oregon State has a chance to win. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if this is going to be like a three point Oregon win. I think if Oregon's like on, then they just blow them out. You know, like if they just play like they played against Colorado or Utah or I mean, even against USC, they sort of like they were they won by more than nine. They, they, they won by nine, but but yeah, like it was more than that. Like they were winning by three scores, you know, late in the middle fourth quarter, whatever it was. Per so the I feel SP, like if Oregon, oh, go ahead. Per the SP plus, Oregon now has the number one offense in the country. Yeah, I mean, Bonick's been re- he's been really efficient, but he's still, I think he's top five in the country into like shortest distance his passes have flown. Like he still throws near the line of scrimmage, but they break some plays and all that. Um, Let's take the Ducks here, knowing that, like, Oregon State could cer- certainly come in and win. Um, but I feel like they're either going to blow them out or it'll be, like, close, you know? Yeah. So I'll take the, you know, it's a coin flip. I'll take the blowing out side. You take the, it's close side. If it's close, you win. If they blow them out, I win. Perfect. Beautiful. All right. Uh, let's move to Saturday. Uh, we got a couple of games that are starting, you know, right around lunchtime. 
we have uh, unranked Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> and they're going to go on the road uh, against unranked Utah Utes. <laughs> um, yeah, this is 12 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Colorado at Utah. Utah's a three-touchdown home favorite. Give me those Utes. No questions. No yeah, I feel, questions about it. I feel like I'm going with you on this. Oh, this is the Crosstown Showdown, right? Is that what we Yeah, did? this is the Crosstown Showdown. Um, what was Oregon uh, State was? Uh, Territorial Cup. Territorial Cup. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, this, yeah. So Utah, um, they are, uh, you know, reeling a bit. They've lost two in a row on the road to Washington and Arizona. So you might think, oh, you know, they might struggle in this one. Uh, Colorado's ass. They've become ass. Um, do we even know if Shador Sanders is going to play? I don't know. Yeah, like this Colorado's just fallen off a cliff, and this is yeah. in Salt Lake City. It's, I mean, Colorado's kept things close a bunch. Mm, the last uh, four games, can I give you some stats just real quick for Colorado? Yeah, like, have they won any of those games? Or not? They've lost four in a row, but do you want to know what the highest post-game win expectancy they had in any of those games, according to Bill Connolly's numbers? 3%. Oh, that's bad. So they've been 97%ed, 98%ed, 97%ed, and then last week, 100%ed by Washington State. Washington State, like, so I, I had that one right. I took Washington State. You had Colorado. Um, but I, you know, I kind of felt they could keep it close. They've been keeping stuff within a touchdown, but obviously that was not. Um, I don't know what the the motivation factor is going to be. Like the the shine of is you know they're going to regroup in the off season. This just seems like a okay. We got one more thing to do before we get to uh, reshuffle the deck and figure out what the hell we're doing. Um, Utah got the announcement that Cam Rising is coming back, so I think they'll be fired up a little bit. I twenty one points is a lot, but I don't think it's enough. Yeah, and uh, so the last the last update was that he's day to day uncertain for uh, Utah. Shador yeah. Sanders. So yeah, he, if he, he can't play. Like, yeah, he looked like halftime. It was like uh, I think ankle and knee, or no, I mean ankle and arm. Yeah, ankle and arm injury is what. Yeah, he he's taken some abuse this year. Um, so. Yeah, I think Utah blew them out. All right. And the next game, uh, just 30 minutes later, we have number 15, Arizona Wildcats. What's Wildcats? What is it? No, it's like, I'm, is it, it's like a. I think that was that. I think you're right. I think you got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, at unranked, Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> um. Okay, this game is at 12:30 on ESPN, number 15 Arizona at Arizona State. Arizona State is a 10 and a half point home dog. Um, looking at what Arizona has done, uh, they've won five straight games. Uh, they've covered in one, two, three, four. Four, four. They've covered in four of the five. The only one they didn't was on the road at Colorado. Um. I think ASU is going to throw out, you know, all the bells and whistles. But I think, I don't know, I get kind of the vibe that they've maybe shot their wad a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
that there's just not a whole lot of juice left in this tank. You know, they had to run a special teams formation to beat UCLA um, and then just got murked by Oregon. Um, I think Arizona's are just a, they're just a good team. Um, And I think Arizona State uh, isn't. So Arizona State is playing for pride in this game, whereas Arizona is playing for like legitimately an opportunity to play in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, now they'll have information going into this one that whether or not they're actually able to do that, but I still think they're going to be psyched up for this game and this opportunity to win nine games. Um, so yeah, give me Arizona. I think they're going to win and cover. Yeah, I'm with you here. Uh, screw you, ASU. I took you in the 23 and a half points last week, figuring you would beat UCLA all you have to do is have somewhat of a pulse against Oregon and you'll, you know, lose by 21 and it's fine. Nope. You were, you were doing that in the first quarter, like didn't even show up yes. uh, against the, like that was horrific, horrifically bad. Uh, I think Arizona, you know, they put a little salt in the wounds. They scored a touchdown late last week against Utah after the Utes like scored and went for two and we're calling timeouts and stuff. And they throw like a 50 yard pass for a touchdown late in the game. I think Arizona would want to pile it on. Um, it's not like a committee thing where you need to look good, but they are playing for something. Um, now, they might not be by the time this game comes, because if Oregon wins, then they're out. So there's that factor, right? Like, we already know what's going to happen to Oregon, Oregon State in the uh, – what was that one? That's the – not the Apple, which – oh, that's – big game? Is that big game we call it? Or no, that's Washington, Washington State. Whatever we call that. forget what the joke was. But, um, yeah. This one's the Apple so they, This one's the Apple Cup. But the Oregon, Oregon State one, what did we call that one again? That's the Territorial Cup. Territorial. Okay, yes. Okay. Um, so the Territorial Cup will already have happened by the time this plays. Correct. So, but I still think Arizona's playing for something. Um, you know, potential New Year's Six Bowl kind of thing. You know, there's there's more, I think, that that at stake for Arizona. So I feel like they're going to come out and play. ASU didn't show up last week. Did they show up this week? I don't know. I'm not bad or not. So give me, give me uh, the Wildcats. If it was like 17, I'd think about it. But the 10 and a half, I think I'm going Arizona. Yeah. And I mean, ASU, like we're making a lot out of what they did against UCLA, but they've gotten now absolutely smoked in two of three games. So the idea of like um, Kenny Dillingham having this like magic elixir to keep them close uh, kind of falling apart here at the end of the season and not like anything against Dillingham. I think they've just played some much better teams and uh, Arizona is also in that category of very good teams. Uh, okay. Let's see. Next up. Uh, well, it's going on at the same time too. Uh, we have uh, unranked Washington state Cougars. Meow. Very good. And uh, the number four ranked Washington Huskies. Ruff, ruff, ruff. Um, 1 p.m. on Big Fox, Washington State traveling to number four, Washington. Which which game is this one? This is the uh, Crosstown Showdown. Is this? The, no, I thought that was Utah, Colorado. This is oh, big yeah. Game. This is the big game. Big game. Big game. Yeah. All right. Washington. <laughs> Washington is a 15 and a half point home favorite over the Washington State Cougars. Uh, give me Washington, obviously. Um, I don't really understand this one that well. Uh, Washington State's been playing a little bit better football of late. Um, the 
I, I just kind of ignore the result of the Colorado game. Maybe that's foolish on my part. Um, but, you know, Colorado was without a quarterback for most of that uh, bloodbath. Um, and I just look at what Washington State did for many of the weeks previous, which was uh, lay down and die. Um, yeah, I think I think Washington's going to uh, put a profound beating on them. Uh, I think it's going to be like, uh, I don't know, 21, 28 points, something like that. So, yeah, give me give me the Huskies. You know that the Huskies are going to the Pac-12 championship game no matter what. Uh-huh. But, you know, they definitely want to make it to the playoff and they need to be undefeated because uh, if they lose, then you still have a chance. I feel like there's a lot of motivation in this one. It does concern me that Wazoo showed up. They have a pulse. That the biggest concern I have, David, in picking these games week after week is like, okay, I pick Arizona State to, uh, I mean, I pick what UCLA to like handle Arizona State in the Rose Bowl, and for whatever reason, Arizona State shows up and UCLA doesn't. I'm like, okay, all right, uh, I think USC can handle a really reeling UCLA team that scored 17 points in their previous two games. Well. USC doesn't show up, and, and UCLA plays like they've not played all season. We've seen this a lot, you know. Could Washington State just, like, keep the momentum they have from last week, throttling Colorado, and give Washington a game that Washington wins, but it's like a three-point game, and it was like, this is an amazing Apple Cup, and, it, you know, it came down to a field goal. Like, I could see that happening. But I think it's more likely that Washington just kind of boat races them. Yeah. It's making me, it's making me uncomfortable. Because, like, I could picture myself watching this game on Big Fox going, oh, shit, it's close, it's close, it's close. And it's like, not only you have to win by two scores, you have to win by three scores here. It's 15 and a half. I mean, I guess technically it's two, but with 16. But um, I'm still, this is concerning me. And I almost want to just, I, you know what, give me, I just talked myself into it. Give me the Cougs, uh, which means Washington's going to come out and just throttle them, you know, like, you need the like the Oregon what Oregon did last week when you're trying to cover a big spread. When it's like, oh, he traded punts, you're like, oh, there's no way you're gonna cover us now. You know, like <laughs> you start the game, you're like, oh, traded punts, no way. Or you need to do what Oregon does and just like every time they touch the ball, it was a touchdown, and you're like, All right. I don't know if Washington's gonna do that. Because they've they've won, but there's been a lot of close ones. So just in my rooting interest, I don't want to be like rooting when it's like, oh, they gotta try to like somehow score two more touchdowns in the in the fourth quarter like ugh, i hate that so <laughs> i'm gonna take the points yeah that seems fair I, and it's just like when i when i picked arizona state last week and you just i knew from the first score okay oregon's gonna cover this all right that's fine i don't i'm not worried about it but like if it was the other way then you're like sweating it to the end like are they gonna okay you need a pick six now and they'll cover you know no screw that i'd rather just know and just be like all right i'm out washington's gonna kill them that's fine Galen DeBoer is 22 and 2 at Washington. Amazing. It's pretty stunning. Interesting. All right. Next game. Uh, we're, this is an out of conference game, if you like those. <laughs> um, we've got the number 18, <laughs> Fighting Irish. Give me my pot of gold. Uh, they're going to be on the road at. Uh, you didn't write a rank. Is Stanford ranked or not? I don't think they're ranked. <laughs> Unranked. Stanford Cardinal. 4 p.m. 
on the Pac-12 Network. Number 18, Notre Dame, traveling to Stanford. Stanford is a 25-and-a-half-point home dog. Um, can we don't, I mean, again, we have to appreciate the fact that this game is on the Pac-12 Network. This will be the last, the last, the last ever football game on the Pac-12 Network, right? Last ever live football game on the Pac-12 Network. Yes. That is so absolutely beautiful that they're sticking Notre Dame on here. A ranked Notre Dame team has to play on the last ever game on the Pac-12 Network. It is so beautiful. Ranked on ranked matchup last week. Like. <laughs> Utah at Arizona was on the Pac-12 Network last week at 11.30 a.m. Like, come on. This is so great. Um, Stanford has been more competitive lately. I mean, if you ignore that Oregon State result, they lost by 12 to Cal, beat Washington State, lost by 9 to Washington. Um, I mean, the last six games of the season, they've only had two games where they were like no chance blowouts from the beginning. Um, Notre Dame, are they capable of doing it? Let's look at their results. Uh, they've lost three games this year to Ohio State, Louisville, and Clemson, all top 25 teams. Um, they beat Duke. They beat the hell out of USC, uh, beat Pitt. Um, all three, no, two of their three losses are on the road. Their other road game, they won by seven. This is another road game. They have to go to Stanford. Stanford is um, the second worst team they've played this year after Central Michigan, who they beat by 24. Uh, This is just too many points. It's just too many. I I don't like taking Stanford here, but it's just too many damn points. So I got to take Stanford here. I don't feel good about it. I don't like it, but it's the position I'm in. Based on the uh, the data available, and the thing is, like Notre Dame's not some world beater. If this was Oregon coming to Stanford and Stanford was getting twenty five, I would probably take Oregon. But Notre Dame's been fine; they're not great. So yeah, give me the give me the Cardinal. Well, this is the last ever game. I have to pick the Pac twelve team here, obviously. Obviously, obviously, uh, it's the last ever Pac twelve game and the Pac twelve network, and it's not a Pac twelve game, but it's, it involves a Pac twelve team, and. You said Notre Dame beat Central Michigan by 24. Like, well, hopefully Stanford's better than Central Michigan. Maybe not. But we've seen, you know, I Denver kind of screwed me last week in big game because I thought that they would be able to cover and they did not. Um, so maybe, you know, if you can't get up for that one, are you going to get up for this one? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I got to go with Pac-12. Uh, 25 and a half seems like a lot. Even if Stanford just sort of like sleepwalks through this, like is Notre Dame going to beat them by... Four touchdowns, like, I don't know. So, that's so many points. Um, I'm going to take Stanford. Yeah, that seems fair. Our last game, uh, this is like the battle for the fight song, I guess. I'm not sure. Uh, It is the final Pac-12 after dark game. We have the California Golden Bears. You're going to be at UCLA Bruin. Nice. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Cal traveling to UCLA. UCLA is a nine-point home favorite. Uh, UCLA, elite defense. Um, you know, the offense exists. 
sometimes. It's a pretty good rushing attack, passing game. You know, it it's there. They throw it. Uh, but the defense is truly elite. Cal has a pretty good offense. They run the ball really well. Fernando Mendoza gives them a little bit of life at quarterback. Uh, it's a truly horrible defense and uh, absolutely god-awful special teams. Um, I think UCLA, if the same team shows up in this game that showed up against USC, which is always the question, uh, they should blow them out. Now, the question is motivation. How motivated will UCLA be versus a Cal team that is playing for a bowl game? You know, Cal's five and six. A win here guarantees a bowl berth. Uh, UCLA, not so much to play for. I mean, looking at it, I, I, I'd be shocked if UCLA ends up in anything other than the L.A. Bowl. Um, like, I don't even know if they're going to move bowl games based on the result of this one. So there's that motivation component, which adds a little bit. But I just looking at the matchups, it's, it's hard for me to imagine UCLA not winning by more than nine. So give me UCLA. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of do like the motivation factor for Cal. Right. And they can score. I, when I feel like confident that the Cal offense is going to like score some points and keep you in a game, they kind of blow. Yeah. And then when I think like, oh, Stanford, you know, Stanford's getting points at home. Yeah, they'll they'll be no Cal blows them. Well, wins by a couple touchdowns. Have you picked the Cal game correctly this year? I don't know. Let's go back and look. Uh, so last week I had Stanford. So no, um, the. Week before, Previous okay, week, I had yes. Cal. All yeah, right. we had, we both had Cal. Yeah, okay, so yeah, give me Cal. I'll take Cal on this one. Um, you know, did UCLA like sort of blow its wad last week? Like they look like ass, look like ass. Win? Are they gonna go back to looking like ass? I don't know. Uh, yeah, they they seem to be really up for the USC game. Like that was a big deal. Was that the bowl game? Do they give a crap about playing Cal? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it's a bunch of points. If I'm unsure, I'm just going to take the points. I'll take Cal, see if Mendoza can uh, throw a whole bunch of touchdowns or something, see what happens here. But give me uh, the sturdy Golden Bears. Sturdiest of Golden Bears. All right. So we have picked differently uh, for those keeping track at home on two games this week. The game tonight, Oregon State, Oregon. Ryan has Oregon. I have Oregon State. And the game tomorrow night. Uh, UCLA for me, uh, covering nine, Cal for Ryan, but everyone else was taking the same. No, I've watched oh, them. Wow, look at you. Oh. did three this week. Yeah. Damn. Okay. All right. Ryan has Washington State and I have Washington. Okay, fine. Interesting. Three. Um, Interesting. I want to get above three and three, just three and three for weeks. So it's like just sitting. You know, we still have a losing week like last week, but somebody didn't. That's fine. It is fine. You want to know why? Because I am still uh, 17 games above 500. Insane. Yeah. Um, all right. So why don't we do this? Take a quick break. We have a few questions. We have some voicemails we're not going to be able to play, but we can kind of maybe summarize them. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll get out of here. So we'll be back in a minute. Banana, 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back. All right. Yeah, we're back here on the podcast of champions. Um, we got a few questions to get to, David. What? Where do we start? I don't know where you left off. I think, I think the long, the new voicemail from Hutch. Um, okay. Oh, Can this you... would be a funny one. It's from our friend uh, Alan in St. Louis. Yeah. Well, maybe did I play this? I think we might have played this one. Did you? Did, 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 we, did I record on Sunday or was that Monday? You recorded on Sunday. Okay, so this would this would have come in after I recorded. Yeah. I've got no idea because it 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 it's There's a hard lot to... of yeah. Yeah, I see some Jackson Dart in there. I see some South Central. Uh, yeah, we might have to play that. Sorry, Alan in St. Louis. We might have to. Uh, might have to wait. We'll play it. Let's say he's, he's going back to his day job of making fake accounts. That's true. Almost five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we do appreciate that. I do appreciate that about you. All right, I'll read Joshua's then. Okay. Uh, Perseverance. Hey, Raya and David. I'm assuming that's not a typo, and he's just calling you Raya now. It's Josh from Denver. I'd like to congratulate UCLA on a great rivalry win. This is the result of lots of hard work and sticking with guys, even when others think they should move on. Patience and perseverance are what has led to the bell coming back to Westwood. As for USC, they are two two-point conversion plays away from finishing 5-7 and seven on the year and are losing the best player in college football. Please tell me, Ryan, if you think Riley has a lot of changes to make to get the program headed in the right direction, then how can you think he's still the right man for the job? When he came to USC, he set it up exactly the way he wanted with the staff he hired. Now the sentiment is, if he gets rid of all those guys, he's suddenly going to get better? Thanks, Josh. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you never know if he's going to be the right guy for the job. But with his resume that you've hired, he's the person you want to come in and fix the program. It's not like he took over something that was a well-oiled machine. We had heard from, like, one assistant coach that said no one's going to want to take this job once they look under the hood. There was a lot of problems. Um, and I think, you know, victim of his own success, going from 4-8 and eight to 11 wins, I think there was a, you know, they got some turnover luck. They didn't have as tough of a schedule. I don't think they were as good as, like, like they were really close to making a playoff last year, and they, I don't think they were that good. I think they're better than their record show this year, and they've just absolutely sucked ass. So, I feel like, you know, getting changes on the defensive side of the ball is big. Um, but, you know, you're, you're still trying to build up that infrastructure of, of trying to be a, a winning program. 
he might not be the guy for the job, but I don't think you could possibly know after two years that kind of dumpster fire he took over. So, yeah, I think, I mean, you hire a guy like that for what he's done. And it's not, it's not like what he did Chip Kelly time where it was like years ago. This was, he just got done with this at a place like Oklahoma and you have hopes that he can do it at USC. I mean, we won a Heisman trophy. Like that doesn't come along every year. So that should buy you a little time, but I mean, just, what he's done, I think, you know, you, you have to give him a chance and we'll see, you know, two years from now, you might be like, yep, he never got it going. He just couldn't get it turned around. Like certainly possible, but I don't think you could possibly know after two years, like, nope, he's not the right guy. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, all, all of what you're saying is true. Um, I would say the, the, the Josh, you could be right. Like you could be able to look back on this and say, oh yeah, we knew. Um, because there's, there's data, right? At this point, you're two years in and you know, um, you had an elite quarterback and went 18 and eight with him. Right. Um, and the defense didn't get figured out and he hired the wrong defensive coordinator. And you might be two years down the line and he hires a new guy who also has the same issues. And then the stuff we've been positing about Lincoln Riley that, you know, maybe defenses just aren't going to work with him. We can say, oh, that stuff is true now. Uh, but we can't it's hard to say that right now. Like you don't know that because maybe they go and hire some really good defensive coordinator and suddenly they're a top 25 defense. Um, but is there concerning data at this point? Certainly. I mean, I don't think you can look at it and say a team that went, um, you know, whatever it was, 11 and three, even with um, obviously, as Ryan said, a lot of turnovers luck, which we talked about last year. Uh, and they don't have that turnovers luck this year. You know, fumbles are not bouncing their way as much. Uh, but still, the defense regressed uh, from year to year. So that's a concern. Um, and, you know, I mean, the offense was uh, super elite last year and still super elite this year, but on the margins, probably a little bit worse, a little bit less consistent this year. Um, I think for USC, you, you've got to see something next year. I mean, I think that's the position more that Lincoln Riley is in now is he's lost, I, I think with this year, he lost a little bit of that goodwill, um, that sense of, you know, I'm, you know, uh, what I say goes, what what happens here goes. And now I think for a lot of the USC fan base, and this is just my read from outside of it, but a lot of the USC fan base, it's now in, okay, prove it mode. Um, because I think a lot of people had expectations that and fair or not, a lot of people had expectations that this year was going to be the real playoff contending year. So to go seven and five is a major disappointment. And I think now people going into next year are going to be, no, no, no. Now you have to really compete for a playoff. That has to happen next year. Um, and I, I think that's the expectations that are going to be set for Lincoln Riley. And I think anything less than that is going to put him on a, um, I would say, a pretty hot seat by the end of next year. I mean, that might be a little early, but it's certainly possible. Um, the, the like if they, go eight we, and four, if they go eight and four next year, what do you think kind of seat temperature is going to have? Well, I think because everyone it's unknown of going to the Big Ten, too. You know, right. um, I mean, they play LSU, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, like they, you know, uh, Washington, UCLA, like they play a lot of good teams next year. So it's I think you might get a little bit more of a pass too this that first year. But the, the next voicemail we got from Frank kind of along the same lines of like how much time do you give them? He talked, I, I believe he's talking about like UCLA, you know, had a bad defense. They go hire uh, D'Anton yeah. Lynn and they're really good. 
but he was also saying that UCLA was a more physical team. Like they like to run the ball more and all that. So he felt like that could be easier to transition if in a place where there's maybe it's more of a physical nature, I guess, overall of the team. Um, then, you know, if, if there's lack of physicality for USC now, like getting a new DC, does that change things too? So he talks about that being a red flag. I think that's, me paraphrasing paraphrasing his voice scale. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, nothing changed in UCLA's strength and conditioning from year to year. Um, and the defense went from soft and bad to tough and good. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of it, we, we try to find all these like personnel related things, but a lot of times it is just simply coaching. Like it is just simply, does this guy have a better feel for designing a defense and calling plays than that guy? And I think, you know, one thing we can pretty firmly say at this point, earmuffs, Alex Grinch, is that he was a horrible defensive coordinator um, and called a bad defense, had a bad defensive structure. And uh, the end result was, you know, uh, it, it wasn't simply that they were bad. It was also like bad personnel decisions. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to call it names, but some of the guys playing safety for USC are not D1 players. Like, it's just like one of those guys especially and it's just what how does that happen at usc and how do you you know take transfers uh from guys who are not capable of playing you know big snaps at that level i i don't I, that's the part i don't get they, they've got a i mean he's got to hire really well there but i think if he hires well there there's still a lot of talent on usc's defense i mean bear alexander is a it's a monster. Um, you know, some of those edge rushers are really good. Um, I don't know about linebacker, but I think you stick them in a better scheme. You might be suddenly surprised by how much more competently they play. Um, but they need to get the scheme figured out. And uh, I think, you know, to, to, to Frank's potential point, since we can't actually play the voicemail, I think a single hire can improve you significantly. Uh, USC was... Uh, in the SP plus, they were the 113th best defense this year. Um, UCLA last year was in the SP plus the 89th best defense this year, UCLA with largely the exact same personnel, like really almost entirely. They're the 13th best defense in the SP plus they've, they've gone up 70 spots, um, in the SP plus, uh, that's out there for USC. Like it's not. It's not out of the question that they suddenly become a top 40 defense next year. Um, but the right hire needs to be made. And then probably once again, hit up the transfer portal. I don't know if it's at safety, you know, maybe some linebacker help, but, um, you know, uh, shore that up. And, and you might be amazed by how much better that defense looks. Okay. Um, all right. What's next? This is another voicemail. This is from Mark in Sacramento. Um, funny anecdote. Uh, I don't know. Got any idea what this is about? Pretty long. It's pretty long. Um, so the problem is the transcription sorry. here was not very good, and so I can't I can't even get to a question here. I think it's just an anecdote. Yeah. Um. Maybe we'll play this and next then, week when we've got our apparatus back set up. Yeah. And then I think Perk has the last voicemail. Oh, he's asking about uh, Chip Kelly and UCLA. Um, okay. So uh, Chip Kelly, 
certainly looks as if he's staying at UCLA now. Um, and if you were listening to our show last week, that was not the way it looked prior to UCLA, USC. Um, best I can share is that uh, the UCLA athletic department, uh, athletic director, was sharing with a lot of uh, folks that he was um, contemplating a change. And then uh, once that word got out, uh, they they decided they weren't going to do that. And that's the long and the short of it. Um, so I would say, you know, looking at um, UCLA's future with Chip Kelly, um, I, I, I don't know what the path forward is. Uh, recruiting is um, in pretty bad shape uh, with NIL funding um, for football. Uh, Basketball is OK because basketball does well. Um, but football, you know, they're 34 and 33 in the Chip Kelly era. So weirdly enough, not a ton of excitement to donate to football. Um, and they're going to lose a lot. Uh, it's hard to pick out exactly who, but they're going to lose a lot of that defense um, this offseason. Uh, I mean, just first and foremost, Leatu Latu is obviously going to go to the NFL. So there's um, just a lot of pieces that they have to replace with uh, not a lot of resources to do so. Um, and so going into the Big Ten first year, it's uh, yeah, it's a dicey proposition without, uh, you know, a new regime bringing a lot of energy and bringing a lot of funding um, because that's the thing that happens when you get a new coach, you have excitement that immediately leads to donations NIL, all that kind of stuff that can boost your roster immediately in this new era. Um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen now. Um, and uh, you know, the, the, the story of why that's happening with UCLA and, and, um, their level of seriousness about contending in the Big Ten, I think, is a uh, is a question mark. Uh, makes sense. Okay. Um, hey, I got a few. We'll let you go. I got a few stats I can uh, throw at you. Fun facts. I would love fun facts, Ryan. Please throw them at me. Okay. I'll just I'll just do a couple of these. Um, which team in the Pac-12 do you think their quarterback has the highest percentage of their rushing yardage? Ooh. Quarterbacks. Yeah. Quarterbacks with the highest percentage of rushing yardage. Yeah, the teams, uh, the teams rushing yardage. What you know, what whose quarterbacks have run for the most on their team? Is that Stanford? It is Stanford. Forty two and a half percent. Jeez. I know it's the highest in the uh the Pac twelve, which is crazy. Speaking of rushing, Oregon State has twenty five straight games where they run for at least 125 yards. Uh, Air Force has got the longest streak at 51 games, but Oregon State is the second longest streak. So, like last week, USC ran for three against Oregon State. I mean, I guess UCLA, Oregon State, 25 straight games, at least 125 rushing yards. So that's pretty uh, impressive. Um, how about this? Who's given up like the fewest sacks? Fewest sacks. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Oregon. Uh, in, the, in fact, 24 games since the start of last season, they've only had 10 sacks allowed. So it's the fewest number of sacks in FBS over that time period. So fewest in the country of the last two years, which is crazy. And that's Oregon. Um, 
That's Oregon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Shador Sanders, he is the single season pass yardage leader for Colorado with 3,230, but he's two TD passes behind to become the school's TD leader. So if he doesn't play, he won't be able to get uh, that one. Um, Cam Scadabo has punted eight times this season, 42.3 average, not bad. He is the first Pac-12 running back on record that multiple punts in a season. And then, uh, yeah, that, that was my last one. Oh, those were good. I love the little quiz show at the end. That's nice. It was like quiz, facts, quiz, you know. You got quiz, those facts, quizzes quiz. right. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, see, I do watch the games. I pay attention, people, haters. Yeah. Um, all right, do we have anything else? Have you looked at the YouTube it. questions? Any YouTube questions today? We don't. Uh, any any super chats? Any super chats? Any any uh, West Texas Mike comparisons anyone would like to listen to? No. You'd have some feedback about the uh, West. Yeah, Texas. no, I got I got some too. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of people who don't. Uh, I think I honestly what I think it is is a lot of people hate West Texas Mike. It's very sad. Apparently they do, but I do like the suggestion or God I forget what the email was, but um, like say someone uh, super chats like five dollars, whatever the topic is, you give them that like. Five give them a tight, time. a tight 15 seconds. But if they give like 25 bucks, you could talk a little bit longer about. And if you give us a hundred bucks, we'll talk about the whatever it is for the whole show. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I love it. All right, well then that's it. That was a that was a that was a tight show. It was. Well, we're both. You know, it's like holiday stuff. We got a game tonight. It's the holiday <laughs> season. No? What's your favorite uh, Christmas movie? Favorite Christmas movie? Boy. Um, uh, Christmas Story. Yeah. I don't know. I can go with any of them. Home Alone. I mean, I, I, my kids really were into Home Alone for a while. Home Alone's good. Uh, I do like Christmas Story. It's probably my favorite one. I have to watch it at least once. Like, you know. Um, What's your favorite Christmas song? Someone asked me this recently. Uh, I kind of like the one that ended up being like canceled because it was rapey, like the uh, wow, Baby's Cold really? Outside. I you like Baby's Christmas? Cold Outside? The song itself, no. I, I haven't really enjoyed. I like the song, but then it got canceled, so I don't think I can like it anymore. Ah, um, I listen the, to the waitresses. The waitresses' uh, Christmas wrapping is a really fun one. Mm. Uh, have you heard that one? It's kind of cool. I think I have, uh, but, but like Jingle Bells or, you know, I, I like the, you know, anything Frank Sinatra does. I'm not a big like. Uh, who's the one? Um, who's the real popular one? The, the, the pop star. She Mariah sings, Carey. Uh, yeah, like that. Everyone loves that. Like, that's, you know, no, I hate I that song. I hate that song. Yeah. Uh, modern modern Christmas stuff is just kind of. Yeah, I don't want to listen to that. Uh, give me some Nat King Cole. Give me some. Oh you know, yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, give me some of the classics. Um, I'm a big Oh Holy Night guy. Like, and the weird thing is, I'm not um, a religious fella. I'm not a not a Christian. Yeah. But like Christmas music, it's like the one thing to be like, you know what? I can get in touch with my like Protestant Catholic roots. Like, I I can I can feel it here. Um, you know, it's good shit. It's the good stuff. Okay. Well, good. Good. Go team. Uh, yeah. I love it. Uh, do you, um, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I mean, does it matter? Is it a good movie? It's a good movie. 
Um, I mean, if it gives you that Christmas feeling. The thing is, a, a Christmas movie is more about the Christmas feeling than anything, right? Yes. Does it give you the Christmas feeling? Or does it give you an action movie with uh, you know Bruce Willis stepping on glass feeling? I think it gives me both. Yeah, well, if it gives you, if he gives you the feeling, I mean, this is all in the in the perspective of the uh, of the of the of the of the the one observing, right? You know. Yeah. There's a I, Instagram ad I see. It's like a T-shirt. I gotta want to buy it. Have you seen this? It's like Nakatomi Plaza, like Christmas 1989 or whatever the hell the year it was. Um, it's something like that. It's kind of funny. So it's just like you know, it's like a Christmas shirt with the Nakatomi Plaza on it. That's like, awesome. Right off the 405, isn't it like Century City or something? Is that where that building? <laughs> yeah, yes. I think it's sort of, yeah, like the actual, like, oh, that's the diehard building, you know. Nakatomi uh, Tower. Nakatomi Tower, yeah. yeah. Um, sweet. All right. Well, good stuff, David. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It was great to uh, catch up with you and hope you had a wonderful time. Did UCLA, I didn't, I honestly didn't say, I saw they lost the first game, but then they won. Did they keep winning? No, they so they beat Chaminade, which is the D two team, and then they lost two uh two kind of close ones. They lost by two to Marquette and four to Gonzaga. Okay. Um, so good. I mean, there was a lot of really good teams in that thing, man. That was like crazy. No, it was a really it was a really stacked field. UCLA ended up on the wrong side of it, so they got stuck playing Chaminade. If you were on the opposite end, you would have been in the you know bracket where you don't have to play Chaminade, um, which would have been better. Because you want more opportunities to stack wins, like Shamanad, the game doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a cool thing. Um, they did it in Oahu instead of Maui, where they usually do it um, because of the fires. Um, so yeah, took the kids; they had fun. Um, I uh, I had to. So the the last game tipped at 7 p.m. Hawaii time on uh, Wednesday. My flight out of Honolulu was 10.55. So I had to watch the game, do the post-game stuff, and then get to the airport all in three hours and 55 minutes. Yeah. A little stress. A little stressful. I don't like doing that. I'm going to get to the airport guy like two and a half hours before a plane flight. I don't usually go that early, but if if I'm on United, I like to get there early and just go to the club and have a drink and chill yeah. i like doing that yeah no I, I i don't like being late i don't like being i don't like walking onto a plane after it's already opened the boarding doors like i want to i want to be lined up like a lemming cool all right well i guess that's going to wrap things up uh it's a great show hopefully everyone enjoyed it and hope you enjoyed your uh thanksgiving and enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend for uh, david david woods i am Ryan abraham and i hope you also enjoyed our show And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? All right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.